Welcome to the Impact Church podcast. We are a community that doesn't pretend to have all the answers, but aims to have all the hope that you could ever need. We pray that this message is helpful and encourages you no matter what season of life you're in. Enjoy this week's message. In 2020, as the nation was locked down, my wife and I were pregnant with, well, she was pregnant, I was helping her out, uh, with our second child, and she was about six months into it, and we got the call um, to, would we consider um, taking on the leadership of Impact Church? And so, we hadn't been here before, so we um, drove in our cars, um, we had to miss all the hot spots, because if you drove through a hot spot, you know, you'd be locked down for two weeks, so we went way west from Queensland, and we arrived here, and our hearts just, just opened up to this city, like, God's going to do something amazing here and so we're like who's gonna lead it and six months later Eleanor and Caleb rocked up here sitting right there in the back corner I remember them crying away in the service they're like oh we feel God's called us to camp now and they've been serving faithfully here for two and a half years but they're a beautiful little girl with them and um, this city is richer and so blessed to have you both leading it and loving it and man I my heart is just overflowing with hope and vision for what could possibly be here. So you're in very good hands with an amazing couple. I don't know if you've ever met anyone who loves Jesus more than this couple. It is super cool that you guys are leading this. So I'm excited to get into today. I want to open with a passage from um, from Matthew's Gospel about an amazing day that happened. So I know today is, um, is, is we're talking about the, the future of our church here and its mission, it's Imagine Day. Imagine this for a moment. Imagine that this is what happened when people encountered Impact Church over the course of the future. Because when the crowd saw this, saw what? Or we're about to see. Imagine if the crowd saw what Impact Church was doing in its community. When the crowd sees it, they were filled with awe and they praised God. Now, before we look at what happened that led to this moment, I want you to consider a few things. I know Caleb's been teaching a series around revision and look at the history of the church. Often, through the course of church history globally, there's been times where there are the, the communities and, and nations' response to what Christians have been doing has been the opposite of this. They've seen what the church has been up to, and they've been horrified, or they've been put off God, or they've been confused about faith. But could you imagine what it would be for people to encounter the ministries and influence of Impact Church, that this would be their response? So when the crowd sees it, when Canberra sees what Jesus' followers from Impact Church are up to in this community, that they would be filled with awe, and that end up praising God. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I never want to live the kind of life that when someone encounters the way I practice my faith, it would cause them to be like, if that's what Christians are like, I don't want anything to do with Christ. Imagine the opposite. Imagine them encountering something of such generosity and such love and such grace that they would be filled with awe and end up glorifying God. And when it comes to our church, when it comes to Impact Church, may this be the result of what we do when it comes to our mission. That when people see that we are for Canberra, that they may look up and end up glorifying God. So I want to ask you a question. When you read this, because as we talk about, you know, the future and imagining and vision, do you still allow, you can go to the next slide, do you still allow your life to be filled with awe? And do you still allow your life to praise God? Think about this for a moment. When was the last time you would say, I was filled with awe? And maybe if you was like, I don't know, I climbed a mountain recently and I saw a beautiful sunrise or a sunset, uh, maybe you had a new baby and it's like, I'm filled with awe or filled with dread because I'm not sleeping, whichever one it is. But think about it, in your life, in your faith, when was the last time you were genuinely filled with awe? You found yourself just being breathtaking by the wonder and beauty of Jesus that you found yourself spontaneously praising God. I ask this question on a day like Imagine Day because when it comes to talking about vision, there is so much in our life, isn't this true, that can clog our vision. There is so much, if we focus our attention on it, it would discourage us, 
It would distort our vision of the future. It could distract us from our purpose in life. And so when we look at the world and we look at the church's mission, even when we look at Jesus, do you ever find yourself no longer moved towards anything like giving? Mm. And there can be just a ton that would clog our vision. This is why it's so important we have days like today where we reiterate our mission, where we reiterate our heart, we reiterate why we are here, that we continually allow ourselves to be stirred, to be filled with awe, and to be continually chained with a fresh vision about the future. And I'm mindful that when we talk about things like this and we talk about the future, we talk about what could be, there can often be um, apprehension, there can often be the sense of, heard this before, I've seen this before, are we moving the needle, is anything changing? And that's a very human thing, particularly when we're talking about something, addressing or talking about a vision that maybe we've seen or heard a million times. Here's three quick points for those who care about taking notes and the practical things about keeping, how do you keep fresh vision? How do you keep a sense of like, God's doing something great, I want to get in amongst this, I want to make a difference with my life, how do we keep changing the world? I've found there's three important things certainly in my life that's helped me keep vision fresh and has helped me to continue to value imagining what the future could be. The first is this, gratitude. You have to practice showing gratitude. Come on, let's be real for a moment. How easy it is to point out things that are wrong and things we can complain about and things that could be better. The practice of showing gratitude is so important in our faith and in our life to be intentional for look to things to celebrate. There can always be a whole lot of stuff that we can critique and look at how we can make it better. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all we ever do, it's hard to have a progressive vision for the future. So it's so important. If you want to maintain a heart that's filled with awe, that is praising God, you've got to look for and celebrate the good. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to maintain having a future purpose. Or in other words, having vision for your life. So I want you to think about your life. I want to think about your relationships. Are you just going about day by day reacting to your life and what life throws at you? Or do you have some form of prophetic and progressive vision? Do you find your heart being gripped by a vision of what could be in the future, fueled by a conviction of what should be? Do you have vision for your life? And lastly, you've got to continue to invest in it. You've got to keep giving. This is so important when it comes to having some kind of progressive vision. Remember what Jesus said? He says, where your treasure is, there your Probably good on you Bible readers out there. Um, so Jesus intentionally said, look, if you really want your heart to be in something, you have to inten- intentionally give towards this. Now, talking about vision and talking about the future, I want us to be mindful of very two important things. The first is this. I would hate for us to walk away from today and we see all the great things we're giving towards. We saw that video and you're seeing your brochures there and we're going to have a chance to give towards this momentarily and obviously through the course of the year. It would be a mistake for us to get to the end of a day like today and think that somehow our hope and our belief for the future and our our vision and mission is simply about what we're able to do with our own ability. It's not. Ultimately, our vision is totally dependent on what God's able to do. And we're just trying to have enough belief and trust in God to the extent that we go beyond just clapping about it and talking about it, that we want to invest into it, like be intentionally so into what God could do in this city. And so I want us to be mindful when it comes to imagining, we're trying to imagine not what we can do. It's, that would be a failure. If we walk away just thinking this is all in our own ability and our own, our own, our own capacity, that's, that's minimizing our influence. Ultimately, we are believing what God could do. And secondly, I think it's easy to think when we're talking about having a vision and imagining what could be for the future, to think that vision is something, it's something out there. It's something far away. It's something in, you know, it's something in the world. It's something big and unattainable and intangible. 
But I think the challenge, this is the challenge I want to bring to us this morning as we dig into this passage of scripture, is that when we talk about vision, I think the biggest challenge with having vision and imagining anything is to have it for your hometown, to have it for your own life, to have it here. And this is actually where the story of we, we picked up at the end of this passage, where it begins. It actually begins in Jesus' hometown. Here's how the story begins. It says, Jesus stepped into a boat and he crossed over and came to his own town. So we read a lot about Jesus' ministry where he traveled a lot. He was an itinerant rabbi. So Jesus would often go to different towns and different cities, um, sometimes make his way down to the bright lights of Jerusalem. But this particular story takes place in the town where Jesus had a reputation. In a town where people knew Jesus pre-rabbi, the town where people knew the bloke Jesus. So it's his hometown, right? We have your own reputation, you have your community. He would have had his own local cafe. He would have had his own special coffee order. You know, he would have had his local barista. I don't know. I'm sure they would have had coffee in ancient Israel. <laughs> Brendan, you lived there for a while. Do they have coffee in ancient Israel? It's a Turkish yeah. coffee. Turkish coffee. There you go. So, sure, Jesus might have liked a macchiato or something like that. I don't know. But this story takes place, I love this, because it takes place in his own town. And what I love about our mission and vision, as much as there's a big world, you know, and often we can think in terms of vision and change the world as the world out there. But our mission is to be for Canberra. We are a local church committed to impacting this local community. Yes, the church is global. And yes, the ministry has this eternal push to it. But we get to outwork this locally. We are for Canberra. So this is where the story begins. And this is my point. The true test of our influence is our reputation in our own town. I want you to think of that that principle for a moment. This is one of the things that really gripes me about particularly the Western world that we live in that celebrates celebrity so much. We put these people on this massive pedestal and that's fine, people do great things, but we know nothing about them. We know nothing about their everyday life. We know nothing about how they treat their neighbors, treat their families. The true test of our influence is not just how people who speak about us that don't know us, it's how people in our local community, in the city of Canberra speak about it. This is the true test of our influence. And I'm mindful of this, Charles before was talking about stats. Here's a crazy stat that the majority of Australians right now, their opinion of Christianity, their opinions of Jesus, are what we'd call second-hand opinions. It means they themselves have not had a personal experience with the reality of Jesus. The crazy thing is most people's experience or opinions about God, they've got from their experience with another person. So if someone's experience with God, if the only experience with God they've ever had is you, what would their experience with God be? If you and I to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to reflect the hope of Christ in the world, and you're it, if you were the only Jesus that someone has ever met, what would their opinion of Jesus be like? And so again, this is a challenge for us as a local church. The true test of our influence is what does Canberra say about our lives? What does Canberra say about Impact Church? This is why we're so committed to being for Canberra. So Jesus' ministry, this, this particular day, takes place in his own town. The story goes on. So some men, Jesus was ministering in his own town, so some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. Now, obviously, at this point, Jesus would have had somewhat of a reputation that he's a miracle worker, that people would be healed. So there's enough expectation in town that, well, Jesus is back in town. Anyone who's ill, just get them to Jesus. This is how the story unfolds. They bring him to Jesus lying on a mat. Notice the peculiarities of what, how Matthew puts this. He says, when, when Jesus saw... Their faith. His faith, it wasn't the faith of the paralyzed man, it was the faith of his friends. Jesus saw their faith. Didn't hear about it. He 
He saw it. He saw their faith in their actions. Wasn't just just what they believed in their hearts, what they did. Think of that. Jesus saw their faith. And then he said to the man, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now, I've read this passage a lot. You've probably read it a number of times. And I've often been peculiar. Like, these guys weren't bringing their friend to Jesus for him to have his sins forgiven. Like, Jesus, clearly we're bringing this guy to you because we hear you're a miracle worker. What business do you have forgiving people's sins? Only, only God can do that, you know. Little did they know. But yet they brought him, their friend to Jesus to be healed. But Jesus sees these men's faith and looked at the guy and said, It's your sins are forgiven. Now, here's a few of the points I want to pull out about this for today. The catalyst for this man's experience with Jesus was his friend's faith. Jesus saw their friend's faith, and here's the point. Our faith is often the catalyst for someone else's life change. Jesus didn't commend the man who was paralyzed for his faith. He commended the four men who got him there. And I think this is one of the most profound pictures of us as a church. It's kind of like, when we do a day like today, we pull our resources together, pull our finance together. And, and I just want to make this really clear. The, when it comes to the finance giving thing, it's, it's not the amount that it's significant to God. It's not. And we know that and if you're new to church, if you're new to the Christian experience, I hope, you, I hope you hear this clearly. Jesus reiterates over and over again. He cares about what's going on on the inside of our heart and our lives. And it's often symbolic of things that are taking place internally. It's not, it's not the amount. But here's what's remarkable to me. Jesus, when he commended the guys, the guys who got their friend to, to him, he commended their faith. And it was their faith that led to this man having his sins forgiven. So I want you to think about your faith for a moment. Do you realize it could be the catalyst for someone else's life change? Like the fact that you're sitting here today, if you're a Jesus follower, it's likely that someone reached out to you once upon a time. And someone was generous to you. And someone loved you. And someone prayed for you. You might not have even met them. It could have been your grandparent for all you know that would spend years praying for their grandkids to know Jesus. But I'm often challenged by this. When we pull our resources together, we, we want to be ambitious enough to be for Canberra. Often it's our faith that can be the catalyst for someone else's life change. And I say that in regards to, and I certainly find myself guilty of this often, is it's easy to look at the world we live in and be caught up in criticism. And be like everyone else and just like to point the blame. Do you realize why society's like this? And do you realize why cameras like that? And we point our finger and we say something's wrong. And, and it's easy to be the, the kind of church, the kind of people that just sound like everyone else and look for things, look for people to blame. But I read this story and it says Jesus saw these men's faith and honored them for their faith and celebrated their faith. So I wonder, I wonder if Jesus is still, instead of looking for someone to blame for the state of the world, I wonder if Jesus is actually looking for someone to commend for doing something about the state of the world. So instead of us being people that are always critical about how bad things are, what would it look like for us, like these four men, to pull our resource together and make a difference? In other words, our faith, I'm convinced, is best expressed not through critique, but through contribution. Please, and would you please, please hear me on this? And I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea at all times, but I've been so challenged about this in my life, in particularly in the past few years where it seems to be, it's so easy to be outraged by everything because there's a lot to be outraged by. And it's so easy to be critical about things in our culture and our day and age because there's a lot to be critical about. Sometimes it is a step of faith to choose to not be simply a critical voice, but to be an encouraging voice. 
And to be someone's like, instead of just pointing at everything that's wrong, count me in and being part of the solution. Like, I want to pull together my time. And I love hearing your stories too about what you've given with your time. Like, here's my Thursday morning and I can just be doing it for myself. But why can't I make a difference in the community? Things like that. I think our faith is often best expressed to our contribution rather than simply our critique. I look at these four men and it's their actions that cause this man to encounter Jesus. And when I think about the incredible things we do, man, I'm on the phone to Caleb every single week and he gives me a weekly update about what's happening in Canberra. And we have our prayer meetings on the Sunshine Coast. We pray for Canberra, Impact Church, every every single week. And I hear stories about Sunday sessions. I hear stories about Logos forums. I hear stories about what's happening with Red Frog. I hear stories about Alpha Course that's now running, Giggles, Why High. Now that we're doing initiatives with Snow Church, stay tuned, you know, in Jindabyte. And all these incredible things. And like every single one of those updates is like, these are people giving their time and volunteering and financially investing to help make some kind of difference. To just take a look. We have received this great hope from Jesus. And Jesus, in the same way he saw these four men just do what they could to get their friend to him. I wonder at times when we pull together as Impact Church, that Jesus looks at this church and goes, I love that. I see how you're pulling your resources together to make a difference. Instead of being a church that's known for its criticism, your church known for your contribution. Great. Here's my point. How we contribute is not only a demonstration of our faith, and it is, no doubt about it, but also it makes room for others to experience Jesus. And I wonder, I think about the journey that we've been on over the last few years here at Impact Church and the growth and the people have connected in and the difference we're making. I love, like last time I was here, I think two or three months ago, to visit a couple of the, the home churches on Sundays. And man, it was just so cool. I know meeting new faith and new people. I just think how we're making room for more and more people across Canberra to experience Jesus. Like this isn't a short term, like let's give this a shot for a couple of years thing. Like this is a, we're, we're attaching ourselves to a, 2,000-year-old tradition mm. of Christians and nations and, and, and cities and languages and cultures all over the world practicing in all their different ways what it is to follow Jesus. And I'm conscious that as we continue to be generous and contribute and pray and serve, that we are making room for others across the city of Canberra to experience Jesus. And I love that. The story goes on. Or we, we read them, go back to one of the parts we just read. Notice when Jesus said this to the man. He said, I want you to, to take heart because your sins are forgiven. Now, eventually, it's worth noting, Jesus goes on to physically heal the man. That's epic. And sure, he was stoked. He literally ran out of the place and people were like amazed, right? But before he got to physically healing the man, Jesus ministered to his inside world. He said, your sins are forgiven. And this is something... We need to keep coming back to when it comes to Jesus. The true condition that Jesus ultimately ministers to in the life of people is the area of our hearts. Our hearts are the center of our beings. Our hearts are what store up all our experiences. And that's why God is most concerned about things that are taking place inside our hearts. And I love this. The heart of God is always towards the human heart. It's where God's kingdom lives. It's where... His salvation does its work. It's where the Spirit of God does its best work. It's the part of us that is set free when it comes to knowing Jesus. And it says everything that we need to know about who God is, that God's heart is always towards the human heart. And the greatest thing that can cause us to 
take heart. You know, Jesus said this man, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. The greatest thing that will cause us to take heart is having our sins forgiven. It's encountering the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. It's experiencing the gospel. It's experiencing all that Jesus has done. And I say that because, particularly on a day like today where we talk about our vision, we talk about the future, we talk about imagining what could be. Just being real, there is so much. There's so much that can cause us to lose heart. Where are you at today? Have you, are you a bit discouraged? Have you found yourself losing heart? Do you find yourself, when we talk about the future and what we could invest into and what we could do, do you find yourself battling discouragement, a bit of heartbreak? Because the truth is there is a lot in our world that can cause us to lose heart. And, and if you're anything like me, I often find that my vision for the future is very impacted by what I see. Mm. That's a bit of a play on words, but consider it. Our vision for the future is often impacted by what we see. And so our hearts can often be down because our vision is blurred. But there's this beautiful prayer that I've been, I've been practicing praying over the last few years when it comes to vision. It's from Psalms. It says this, I would have lost heart unless I have, say this word with me, unless I had believed, believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, there's a part of Christianity, and it's ultimately our eternal hope, but we all know instinctively that the great thrust of the Christian message is one day we will know perfect wholeness, and the world will be made perfectly right, and we will get to experience eternity with the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. So there's a part of our faith that is encouraged and stirred and lifted, knowing that there is heaven, that one day Jesus will return and make all things right, there'll be no more sickness, no more pain. Like this is the great eternal promise of the Christian hope. But if you read this prayer, notice he says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So yes, I believe that one day when, in the resurrection, there's this great eternal promise, but there's this other part of Christianity that causes us to have great hope for the here and the now, to believe that our eternal hope in Jesus would cause us to make a difference in the land of the living. And that's ultimately what we're talking about when we say we are for Canberra. Look, it's a fancy little hashtag that you put in your bumper sticker and put in a window and all those things. But ultimately it's saying we are so gripped by the promise of eternity that Jesus offers us. So much so that we're not just going to sit and wait till one day when. But to the extent that we have so much heart for God that we want to make a difference in the land of the living. We want to make a difference in the world. And here's my point. Our faith in Jesus will always lead us, lead us to want to make a difference in the world. And we are forever going to be the kind of church that has a conviction and a kind of bent and a kind of hope that as much as we love Jesus, as much as we worship Jesus and we are for Him, we cannot help but recognizing faith in Jesus will always lead us to want to make a difference in the world. I don't know how you guys find this out, but every single time I hang with Caleb and Eleanor, I just feel like life's going to be actually okay. And things are going to get a little better. And like, no matter how down and out or discouraged you can be about things, you can spend five minutes in their company. You're like, ah, actually, this is good. This is good. Like, we flew in yesterday. Me and Brennan are freezing our fingertips off. It's so cold here for us poor Queensland lads. And Caleb's talking about, oh, it's lovely. The flowers are already out here. This is great. How cool's camera? We're like, what is it about you guys? You know, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, between t-shirts and shorts. Like, ah, you're next level. But this is one of the things I love. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that faith in Jesus will always want to lead us to shining light into the world. 
Listen, you don't need any faith in an eternal God to be a Debbie Downer and to be a critic about everything. Anybody can do that. I'm convinced being Jesus followers should stir some kind of conviction in your life that, man, I don't have much. And I don't have much margin. I don't have much money. And wherever you're at, whatever you I don't have much is. But with what I've got, I'm going to pull my resources together like these four friends and just do whatever I can to contribute, yeah. to get yeah. our friends to experience Jesus. Yeah. Because me experiencing Jesus has caused me to not be led by what I see with my eyes, but by what I've experienced in my heart. Great. And I see hope in the world now where once I saw hopelessness. Instead of being the kind of person that's led by criticism, I actually have this sense of, I want to make a difference. I would have lost heart unless I believed, unless I had faith, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah. May we be a church that is forever known by our faith in Jesus. Yeah. And not just by our faith with how we, we sing on a Sunday and, and how friendly we are to one another, but how we express our faith and our contribution and wanting to be for Canberra and to make a difference in our world. Great. Come on. Amen. Thanks, guys, in the front row. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Jesus' encouragement to take heart wasn't because, think of this, it wasn't because of any external change in the man's life. That came later. Right? He eventually healed him. But he said to the man, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. So his encouragement wasn't because of an external change. It was because of an internal change was taking place in the man's life. And here's what I love. Stay with me. To prove that Jesus was the one who could forgive the man's sin, to heal his life, to heal his heart, he then went and changed the man's circumstance. He healed him as a testimony to the inner work in the man's life. Great. Did you catch that? Yep. To prove that Jesus could indeed change a person's heart and change our hearts, and he still is today, he then went about changing the man's external circumstance as a testimony, as an outward testimony to an inward transformation that's taken place. In like manner, our outer work, our generosity, is simply a witness to our faith in Christ. Right. It isn't our faith. It is a witness to the faith. So we are people who have been so transformed by Jesus that we then, in response to what he's done for our lives, we're like, how can we now love our community and love Canberra and love our neighborhoods in the same measure that we have been loved by Jesus? Now, we aren't Jesus, so we're not called to die on a Roman cross for our neighborhoods, right? But we are called to be generous like Jesus was generous, yeah. to be loving, to be honoring like Jesus was. And if we've looked, if Caleb done an incredible job of teaching through this series, we've looked through history, when the church has missed this, when it's misused their resources, when it's hoarded, when it's tried to gain riches and gain power, it's become just like the world. But throughout history, the church has been at its best when it's been unlike the world, when it's been generous, when it's gone the second mile, and it's leveraged what it's had to make a difference in the world and around us. Mm. So here's what we're going to do today. I want to invite the, uh, the creative team to come and join me again. And they're going to play a song for us this morning. And as they do that, it's going to be a couple of minutes. I want you to sit in your seats. And on your seat, probably under your... You're probably sitting on this right now. It's, uh, it's your pledge card and your prayer card. And I want you, if you haven't already, to take time to prayerfully consider how you'd like to contribute towards this. And I don't want you to think that your contribution is not significant, that it's not going to make a difference. Everyone who contributes, it makes such a significant difference to the mission. You can either take it where you want it to go, or you can just give it generally... Um, but as the, as the band plays this, I want you to prayerfully consider how can we contribute to this. But there's also a room there to write down a prayer request. We'll be doing this at Suncoast. 
that people have been uh, not only giving but writing down. This is what I'm believing to see in my city. This is what I'm believing to see in my neighborhood, for my friends and my family. So we partner our prayers together with that generosity over the next 12 months to see God do something amazing. And at the end of the song, Caleb and Eleanor will get back up, lead us in prayer and a giving opportunity. But why do we do this? Because we believe that God can still move mountains, that God can still make a difference, that God can still turn the tide. And as we continue to be for Canberra, we're believing that many, many people, like these four friends, got their friend to Jesus, he experienced the wonder of Christ, that our city and our neighborhoods are going to experience Jesus together in an amazing way. So God bless you. Thank you, guys, for leading us today. Thanks again for joining us for this week's message. We hope it was helpful to you and practical for your life. Ultimately, we pray that this inspired you to consider taking a next step in your relationship with Jesus, whatever that may look like for you. If that's something you would like to do, we would encourage you to get in touch with us via the details in the podcast description. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.